This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, welcome to episode number 19 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. And you can tell I have some anger in my voice today. Man, listen, those are some absolutely amazing games in the NFC and the AFC Championship games. But, as usual, the referees had something to say. But I have somebody with me who has a particular analysis about these referees. Referees are horrible. Yes, exactly. That's the exact analysis of what happened yesterday in both of those games. But more so more egregious in the Saints and the Rams game. But of course, Ebony, Ebony, you watched the games with me last night, right? And you were rooting for the red team, right? The red team or the blue team? Red team. And who was the red team? The Chiefs? And you, you liked the quarterback, right? Patrick Mahomes? He played a good game, but they lost, right? But we'll get into that. But Ebony, thank you so much. You say bye to the people? Bye. I say listen to Statman Podcast. It's Statman Podcast. <laughs> that was absolutely adorable. Man, but you know, just to just to review what we're gonna talk about, AFC, NFC championship, and of course we wanna break down what it affects in the future in the NFL. I know we've been talking a lot of NFL lately because yes, th- that's what's going on right now. That's what the hot topics are at, at the moment, and that's what we need to cover. But man, it's Tom Brady, the greatest football player of all time. Not just the greatest quarterback, but he's the greatest football player of all time. I know what I said about Aaron Rodgers, but with my take change. And of course, we want to break down these games in detail. But without no further ado, guys, I want to keep you waiting anymore. We're going to get into the first, first segment about what are you talking about, bro? And yes, there's a lot to talk about, bro. Huh? What are you talking about, man? What? (laughs) Bro, what are you talking about, man? Let me start things off by saying congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams for making it to the Super Bowl and also for the New Orleans Saints on having an amazing season again for Drew Brees breaking multiple quarterback records and uh, Sean Payton being an amazing head coach. But, but, LA Rams fans, you guys know you got away with highway robbery. Highway robbery. That team should be locked up right now if that's even a thing, all right? But before we get into that, though, we, we need to go talk about the game and how the game transpired. A lot of people since last night have been texting me, been calling me, wanting to talk about what went on in this game. And the only way I can break this down is it was a very, very normal playoff game. The things that you would expect to happen didn't happen. Things what we see in the regular season that worked wasn't working. Not just in this game, but also in the AFC game, which we will get to eventually. The Rams were shook in the first quarter. They had a total of 15 yards in the first quarter. That was the least amount of yards they had in the Sean McVay era. In the first quarter. Mind you, it's a playoff game. So, of course, everything they ran, everything they passed just wasn't working. The Saints looked like they were prepared. The Saints looked like they were about to run away with the game. But, of course, just like every playoff game, crucial plays happen, crucial situations transpire. 
The Saints had the ball twice in the red zone in the first quarter and only came about with six points. So the Rams absolutely felt great about that because they weren't playing their best football. The Rams' defense, which I destroyed the entire season for being horrible, showed up in this game in New Orleans, in the Superdome. They showed up and played, in my estimation, their best game that they have played the entire season. And they played the best when it matters most. In the playoffs is where things matter. On the other hand, the New Orleans Saints, they had everything in their favor. They had arguably the best quarterback this season. MVP in MVP running for sure. Some might argue that he's the MVP candidate, the MVP winner. Um, they are playing at home. They had Alvin Kamara, who is uh, definitely top two all-around back in the NFL. They had everything going for them, but yet they couldn't convert when they should have converted. Now, there was a particular friend that said to me, from a coach's perspective, in hindsight, obviously, things look a lot different in hindsight, people. Let's just make that clear. We can say a lot of things. We can analyze a lot of things after the game and say, oh, well, Teams should have done this in the fourth quarter. They should have done this in the fourth quarter. They should have went for it on fourth down. Oh, no, they should have took, um, they should have ran a slant there. They should have did all type of things. Of course, because we have all the replays after the fact. What my friend was saying to me, as a country perspective, there's certain games you just have to take care of business, like he put it, and put games away. If I apply his theory this game, then New Orleans Saints didn't necessarily take care of business. Like I said earlier. This was more so like a typical playoff game to me. The first quarter, the Rams played horrible. Second quarter, the Rams came back and settled down and played decent. There was an even matchup second quarter, and the score reflected that. It was a three-point game at halftime. Drew Brees didn't have his particular best game because the Rams also didn't play their worst defense. So they showed up when it mattered, like I said before. Third quarter. It was evenly matched, but yet in favor of the Saints. And now we come down to the fourth quarter and the meat of the game and what everyone is talking about. The score is 20-20. Both teams played even now in the fourth quarter. The score is 20-20, a minute and 57 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Now, before we get down to the play that everyone's talking about, the obvious pass interference, people are arguing about something that uh, they think schematically in this game was a wrong call by Sean Payton, which was the Saints have the ball at the at the Rams 17-yard line. They're already in field goal range, so they don't have to rush. The clock is in their, in their favor. They have three timeouts. They ran a play before that that made the Rams use one of their timeouts, so the Rams just had two timeouts. And to some people, inexplicably, Sean Payton decided to throw the ball twice. Now, I understand his reasoning, and schematically, it was the right play to run people. Yes, I understand. In theory, you should be running the ball if the clock is in your favor and you're in field goal range already, especially in a game of this magnitude. But Sean Payton has the job, and we don't. And he saw something that clearly we didn't see. At least I saw something. The Rams stacked the box. They had nine people in the box. The Saints ran two receivers on the left-hand side. One receiver down, and they had a running back in the back. Sean Payton, not Sean Payton, sorry. Drew Brees audibled out the play, and they ran a slant, which the receiver who was supposed to break that route, the defender fell, so he was wide open. 
but Drew Brees didn't make the pass correctly. Drew Brees makes that pass 99 out of 100 times. And yesterday, that one time that he would miss, he missed it. So therefore, in hindsight, it looked like that was the bad play. But in real time, that was the correct play to run. Because by having nine people in the box, the Ram pretty much committed to stopping the run because they, they assumed, just like everyone else did, oh, they should run the ball. And they didn't. Then on second down, they did the same thing. And they didn't convert. And then on third down comes the infamous play. Drew Brees, shotgun, third and seven. He passes the ball to the right sideline to his receiver. I can't even remember who the receiver was. Guess what happened? The Rams DB hit the receiver in the helmet before the ball even arrived there. Granted, Drew Brees didn't throw the best of passes. But the DB hit the receiver in the helmet before the ball even got there. There was one referee on top of the play and there was another referee at the line of scrimmage. He was seven yards away from the play and he couldn't see that apparently. Two of the referees couldn't call that. Now, for those of you who want to be on social media, who is trying to be all up in my space and try to tell me that, oh, well, the Saints are taking care of business. I could have said the same thing about the Rams. Why didn't the Rams go for it on fourth down before? Why did they kick the field goal? They put themselves in jeopardy because the way the Saints were scoring the entire season, they left them too much time to drive down the field and win the game. I could say the same thing. Guys, this is sports. These things happen. That's how sports work. You're not going to convert your entire game plan. Everything is not going to go according to the book in a game. That's not just. That's not how it works. It just doesn't work that way. The referees miss are obvious. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever it was. I could give you three things that happened there. First of all, they could have called face guarding. Because the DB didn't even play the ball. He wasn't even looking at the ball. He guarded the receiver in his face. That's a penalty. I don't know if it's a 5-yard penalty or a 15-yard penalty. Either which way, it would have been automatic first down. They could have called that. Then... He hit him in a helmet. That's a helmet to helmet. That's an automatic first down. And because they're in the red zone, that would have been first and goal at the one-yard line or the three-yard line, wherever it would have been. And guess what would have happened? Guess what would have happened? The game was started at 20. There was 155 left. You ran that play. It takes off about five seconds off the clock. There's 150 left. The Rams already used one of their timeouts, and the Saints already had three timeouts. So the Saints could have literally knelt the ball three times, ran the clock out, kicked the field goal with about 30 seconds left, and they would have won the game. ESPN, SPI, after the fact, had before that that non-pass interference call, they had it where the Saints would have, their percentage of winning would have been 97% chance of winning the game. Are you kidding me? But no, the Saints are now at home. Sean Payton's legacy and Drew Brees' legacy is affected and every other player on that team is affected by that play call or or by that non-call. And some people want to argue the fact that, oh, they should have taken care of business, should have done what they should have done. No, there is not many instances in sports where you can say the referees or one play affected the outcome of a game. 
But we saw in this NFC Championship game, the referees literally cost the New Orleans Saints the game. Because everything I just described, that's exactly what would have happened. They would have ran the clock out, kicked the field goal from like 15 yards out, and win the game. That's it. Because it would have given Jared Goff about, what, 20-some seconds with no timeouts left to get down in field goal range? Come on, guys. Are you kidding me? Come on, NFL. You got to do better than that. And then, and what makes it worse, they call Sean Payton on his phone, or Sean Payton called them in the league office, and they say, well, I'm sorry, they actually did miss the call. Yeah, like that's going to make anything better. Now Sean Payton and Drew Brees are sitting on the same couch as we are. They're going to watch the Super Bowl instead of being playing in it. And that's absolutely ridiculous and egregious. In a game of this magnitude, in a game of of of, of this impact in the NFL, everyone th- thinks we got the best game yesterday, but we didn't. Yes, the score looked like it was a great game, but what are we talking about today? Our passing interference that should have been called? We're not talking about the, the great interceptions that the Rams defense made. We're not talking about the great stops or holding the Rams, the not the Rams, the Saints, or the Rams holding the Saints to 45 total yards rushing. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the referees who had literally one job. You're standing right there to play, and you literally negated the throw flag for whatever reason, and you cost the team a chance for the Super Bowl. You know how hard it is to make it to the Super Bowl? They go to training camp, off-seasons. People think what the Patriots are doing right now, it's amazing and great and is and is normal. No, it's not normal. Teams don't go to 11 Super Bowls. And you took away the one chance that the Saints got at least this core group to make it back to the Super Bowl. And I find that absolutely upsetting. And this needs to be addressed. It absolutely needs to be addressed. And as a neutral fan just watching that game, it was so upsetting that the, the one thing that they, we didn't want happen happened. The referees decided the game. Now we move on to the AFC Championship game, which there wasn't so much controversy there in that game, but of course, I I also think the referees in a sense affected not more so the outcome of the game, but per se, they, they gave New England a little bit more life when they didn't need to. Of course, if you want a summary of the game, the New England Patriots beat the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. Of course, if you watch the game, you know exactly what went on. Tom Brady didn't look his particularly best. He had 346 yards passing, one touchdown, and two interceptions, and one with an asterisk. And why do I say it was an asterisk? Because, look, if you look during the entire game, the New England Patriots had an obvious game plan. They were going to take what the defense gave them. The Kansas City Chiefs defense was in the championship defense, and we've been saying this the entire season. Some people just rode the Chiefs bandwagon, but that's besides the point. The defense wasn't all that great, and it showed in the first quarter. New England had a 15-yard drive, 86 yards, it went down, scored, make it look easy. So at that point, everybody thought, well, New England Patriots is about to run away with this game. The Chiefs offense, if you fast forward to halftime, they had zero points. That same Chiefs offense that almost averaged like 40 points a game, they had zero points at halftime. That speaks to the greatness of Bill Belichick. I hear a lot of people on the big news outlets and media outlets talking about, oh, Tom Brady's a system. Tom Brady does everything. Look, Tom Brady doesn't play defense. Tom Brady doesn't come up with the game plans. Tom Brady doesn't come up with the defensive game plans. Tom Brady doesn't put plays in positions. Tom Brady's a great leader. He knows how to lead his team on the field. He does all that. But Tom Brady's not God. He's not every. He's not every place everywhere. He doesn't do everything for that team. All right? So let us not get that twisted. Tom Brady is great. 
but he's not as great as everybody makes it seem to be, okay? My point being is Bill Belichick and his coaching staff came up with a great plan for the Kansas City Chiefs at home in the Arrowhead. Matter of fact, it was a master plan. Tyreek Hill, the great wide receiver, almost as fast as Usain Bolt. This man had one catch the entire game. Travis Kelsey, who can you can say arguably was the best tight end the entire NFL season. He had three three total catches. He had that one touchdown catch at the beginning of the second half, which obviously changed momentum for the Chiefs. But that was it. They weren't impactful the entire game. And that speaks volumes again to the coaching staff. Yes, Tom Brady only plays in the offensive end, and we're going to get to that. Of course, like I said, the Chiefs got into this zone. The game became more interesting. The Chiefs finally scored 14 straight unanswered points. They took the lead, um, and then New England came back. They took the lead, then they went back again. Tom Brady took them down on an amazing drive in the last two minutes or so because the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, left too much time the second time they scored, and they left Tom Brady two minutes, and we all know if you've been watching football for a long time, you just don't do that. You just don't leave time for Tom Brady. You just don't do it. But it happened. Tom Brady drove down the field, got the touchdown. We all thought that was a winning touchdown, but Patrick Mahomes, the trooper that he's been the entire season, he came back. They gave him 39 seconds, one timeout. He drove down the field. They got him field goal range and they scored a field goal. Now, Tom Brady in overtime. They won the coin flip, and that's something else we're going to get into in a moment. They won the coin flip. And everybody knew, man, Tom Brady's going to get this ball and this game is going to be over. And over it was because the Chiefs didn't see the ball again. What made this game amazing was the fact that Tom Brady converted three times on third and long in overtime. It was a third and seven to Julian Edelman. Money. Third and ten, Julian Edelman. Money. And then the last play, which obviously was the big play to me, was when he threw it down the sideline, that that hopper to... uh to Rob Gronkowski on the sideline. Rob Gronkowski hasn't been his best the entire season, but yet he played his best game yesterday. Five receptions, 79 yards, won them the game. The supporting cast was well-prepared, and that speaks volumes again to the New England Patriots organization. They are well-prepared from the owner all the way to the equipment manager to whoever cleans the toilets in New England. All those people are prepared to win. That's the type of mentality to win. So it wasn't surprising to us people even though in the earlier stages, before the game even started, I was going back and forth with my predictions when I made the graphics on Instagram. I changed my prediction while doing my graphics in Photoshop. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady. It's a good thing I did it. Because they end up winning the game. But what was frustrating to me was that Tom Brady had one touchdown, three interceptions. He didn't play his best game. And that third interception was the asterisk I mentioned earlier. He threw an interception. It was a bad pass to Rob Gronkowski. The Chiefs intercepted it. Game should have been over. But guess what? D. Ford was lined up offside. I heard uh, ESPN's Max Kellerman said that that play had no bearing on that pass, which is absolutely true. But it's still the rule. You can't be on offside. You can't line up offside, man. And that right there, that wasn't the point where the Chiefs lost the game because they had other opportunities, obviously. But... Yeah, with greatness, sometimes you got to be lucky. The Golden State Warriors got, you can say, arguably they got lucky when Chris Paul got hurt. They shouldn't have never won that championship. You can say that about any other championship, great championship team who's making a run or a great dynasty. With greatness, 
you have to catch some breaks. And the Patriots caught, once again, a lot of breaks last night. Especially that ridiculous roughing the passer. What 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 is the defender supposed to do? Huh? Now you can't even breathe on the quarterback? Really? It was a second and seven. Tom Brady threw the ball way over Julian Edelman's head. Oh, roughing the passer. Okay. Automatic first down and fifteen yards. Move the ball forward. <sighs> we don't know what would have happened because again, it was a second down. It would have been third and seven. We don't know if they would have converted. In hindsight, it looked like they would have converted, but we don't know at that point. They didn't know either. But that's just another example of, once again, the referees making calls when they're not supposed to make it and leading over to my point where we need to talk about the the changes in the overtime rule and the way the NFL needs to review plays. And, and it's absolutely frustrating as a fan. Again, when you watch these games, the Zebras are not supposed to decide critical moments in the game. You're supposed to get these things right. And that's something we're going to segue and talk about and keeping that in contact. But first, let's get into the stat of the day. Here's by the numbers. This is your stats of the day. Ah, in today's status today, obviously the NFL edition because that's all we've been talking about today. Ah, man, it's two stats that absolutely I need to share with you guys, and it all involves the number three, the number three. The first one, the New England Patriots in the game against the Kansas City Chiefs had a conversion rate of 90% on third downs. They converted 13 third downs against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's an NFL record for third down conversions in an in a AFC championship game. Or any championship game for that matter. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so no wonder again the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. 13 third down conversions. I just speak volumes to the play calling. Obviously the type of quarterback you have. And just reading situations man. So that's just an amazing statistic that I came about yesterday and I wanted to share with you guys. This is an amazing, amazing, amazing statistic. And of course if you look on the other... And on the other team that the, the New England Patriots face, the Kansas City Chiefs, Damian Williams, Kareem Hunt's replacement. We all know Kareem Hunt's not there anymore with the Kansas City Chiefs. Damian Williams had an NFL record, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. That was the first time in NFL history that that happened. So, of course, you need to know these statistics, man. It's, we live in an era right now where, man, Steph Curry's just breaking every three-point record, and it seems to be like he's going to not just break them but shatter them. NFL teams are just scoring at a ridiculous pace. Quarterbacks are breaking passing records. It's just just an amazing time right now for sports. And all the coverage that we get is an amazing thing to have these type of records, man. Absolutely amazing. And that today was your stat of the day, guys. Keep it in context, Billy. Tell the whole story. In light of everything we already talked about and the situation that transpired during the AFC and the NFC championship games, we never want to see referees deciding games. But unfortunately for the Saints, that's what happened. And anybody who wants to debate that, I mean, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and we can talk about this. But the problem here is that there's a bigger issue being caused there. Sometimes it takes an unfortunate event for a person, a party, a team, a country for them to make a particular change in the good direction. 
And for the NFL, I believe that was the last straw between the Rams and the Saints. That was such an obvious helmet-to-helmet. It was face-guarding, whatever you want to call there. It was so egregious, but nothing was called. And the NFL, as of this recording, on Monday, January 21st, they are saying that, listen, we need to review this for the next season. We need to give teams a chance to challenge certain plays. And sometimes that's what it takes. It takes a very egregious call for a league now to think about making changes to their rules. Unfortunately for the Saints, for the Saints we can't reverse what happened. I believe they should be in the Super Bowl right now, not the LA Rams. And that's because of a referee play, a referee non-call rather. What do I think the NFL need to do? I think the NFL need to absolutely continue doing what they're doing right now, which is move forward and change the rules as to how plays in critical games like this, not just in regular season, but more so in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Allow coaches, allow teams to challenge certain plays that obviously the referees could possibly miss. Yesterday, the reason, not just because they missed the play, that it was egregious. What made it egregious was the fact that two referees were right there in plain sight looking at the play. And both of them, for whatever reason, they didn't throw a flag. That We understand they're humans. They're going to make mistakes. But why the heck do we have replays? Why do they pay all this money for TV cameras, for replay systems, and they, and they don't use it in these critical situations? Sure, the referee needs to have his judgment. He needs to make his judgment calls. But look, look in soccer, look in the World Cup. The games were so much better. Teams were better awarded for situational football because they were able to go to what they call the VAR, the video replay system, and they were able to take away penalties or give penalties to teams that deserved it. In the NFL, the same thing should happen. Sean Payton should have been able to challenge that play yesterday because everybody saw it. And again, I don't want to rehash or re-emphasize things that I already talked about and be repetitive. But that needs to happen. And I think it's a good call that the NFL right now is going into their their booth and making the changes that they're supposed to make. That That's an absolutely good way to do it. But again, unfortunately for the Saints, we can't reverse the clock. They won't be able to get that win and play for the Super Bowl. But maybe in the future, it will change for many teams that will find themselves in that situation. And of course, I want to segue into the other part that we really, really need to keep in context. This overtime rule. This overtime rule is just terrible. It's just awful. Look, look in professional basketball. Yes, it's two different sports. It's played completely different. But the principle is the same. When two teams play to a standpoint, when the score is tied of every regulation, in basketball, they don't say whoever scores the first basket wins. That absolutely diminishes the entire greatness of the other team. They play to a standstill, so let's play it out again for an extra five minutes. That's what they do in the NBA. Whoever has the most points wins the game. In soccer and football, that there was a golden goal rule back in the day. Whoever scored first in overtime wins the game. Yes, it sets up for a great spectacle. It sets up it sets up where you're biting your nails because you don't know when this score is gonna come, how it's gonna come, from where it's gonna come. You don't know that. But football realized that. Hey, things need to change. So what are the rules now? If at the end of the game, the score is still tied, what they do now? They play two halves of 15 minutes. And even if the other team scores in one of the halves, let's say the, the, the score is 1-1 and you score in the first 15-minute half, 
You score, you're winning 2-1, but you still have to play another 15 minutes, giving the other team an opportunity still to see if they can get a tie and even see if they can win the game. And let's say the other team scores and they're still tied. Let's say the scores are 2-2. That's when the game is decided on penalties. So whoever scores the most penalties wins the game. It makes sense, right? So why is it that in the NFL, right? Why is it that in the NFL, you play 60 minutes of football, the game is tied, but your chance to win is based on a coin flip. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs never got a chance to to, to hold on to the ball or get the ball, rather, because Tom Brady and the Patriots held on to the ball, scored a touchdown, and won the game. That's it. So, practically, the NFL is saying, and I'm not saying this like I just figured out the rule now. The rule's been like this for for a while till a couple years ago when they changed it. Because team used to hold on to the ball, get in field goal range, kick it, the game was over. Now they made it where, okay, the only way the game is continuing, if the, the first team that holds the ball kicks a field goal, they score, you get an opportunity to either score a touchdown or kick a field goal. And then from there we go. That's why ties in football sometimes absolutely doesn't make sense at all. So let's say in a playoff game, what happens? Let's say New England didn't score a touchdown or the, page, uh, or the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown. What would have happened? Would they continue playing the game? Would they end the game as a tie? Obviously, they can't end the game as a tie. So what would they have done? Just make it a regular rule. If you play 60 minutes, the game is tied. The only logical thing to do is, okay, both of you didn't make all the plays you needed to make to win the game. So thus, you're tied right now. Give both teams an extra, I don't know, eight minutes. Give them an extra 10 minutes. Whatever the amount of time is that they give them, it doesn't matter to us. Or at least to me, that doesn't matter. You can give them 20, 30 minutes. It doesn't matter. The point being is the outcome should be determined by them on the field and both teams should have enough opportunities to once again prove who should win this game. One team should hold on to the ball, score a touchdown, and the other team doesn't get an opportunity. That's the whole point. Again, doesn't matter how long it is, whatever long they decide, Whoever has the most amount of points at the end of that time should just win the game. That adds more excitement. That adds more game planning. That adds more situational football. That's that's what it is. Sure, people can also argue the fact that right now it adds to situational football. Or sure, um, the Kansas City Chiefs should have played defense. Yes, you have all those arguments. But for us casual fans sitting at home, was watching the game, it doesn't make sense. Okay, we didn't see Patrick Mahomes get the ball anymore. Tom Brady ran down the field, scored a touchdown. Okay, game's over like that? Come on. A coin flip shouldn't decide the outcome of a game. And I think the NFL, just like that pass interference rule that they say now they're going to make it reviewable, they should do the same thing for the overtime rule. They should change that all together. The coin flip should literally just only be to see who gets the ball first and what side of the field you're going to pick to start defending or going on offense. That is all I'm saying. NFL. Anybody in the NFL, if you're listening to this, just consider that. It'll make it better for your product. It'll make it better for us casual fans at home just watching the game. it just make it better for everybody. That's it, man. That's all I want to see. Ah, man. We come to the end of episode number 19 of the Statman Sports Podcast. <sighs> man, I love doing this for you guys. Like I tell you every week, great things that we talked about this weekend in two weeks we get a lot more football it's going to be the super bowl february 7th between the new england patriots and the st louis rams of course i know all of you are going to be at home having a party you know bringing your friends over it's going to be a great event 
But before I let you guys go, again, once again, thank you for the support. Remember, the store is up. Order your t-shirt, store.statmanpodcast.com. Look for weekly updates on our Instagram page, Facebook page, on our Twitter page, at Boy. That's my personal handle if you want to talk to me there. But for right now, see you for episode 20 next week on Tuesday. Statman, signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.